Hey guys, uh, thanks so much for tuning in again this month. Uh, I'm Sarah Jessica, as you probably know, and this is Hot Shots. And uh, this is episode number 12, which is kind of fucking insane because I didn't know that until I started recording this. And that means I've been doing this for a year, um, which <laughs> is like nuts. And thank you so much for anyone who's been tuning in regularly and listening every month and, you know, subscribing or, you know, telling me that they're listening. It really, really helps. And it's like, you know, that's the reason why I keep doing it is just because people are tuning in. And thank you. Um, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, tonight I'm hanging out with Alyssa Shanghavi, who's a very old friend of mine. Um, she's a GTHA-based multidisciplinary artist, trombonist, and owner of Benji's Market, her Etsy shop specializing in scrunchies, hair accessories, keychains, stationery, stickers, and more. You can find Alyssa on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Etsy, and her website under Benji's Market. On Twitch as Dr. Trombone, which doctor is D-R Trombone, or her personal accounts on most socials under Liz Shanghavi and Alyssa Shanghavi. So, hey, Liz, thanks so much for talking with me. Oh, hey, how's it going? It's so <laughs> funny because I didn't realize, like, just how much shit I've been doing until you listed it all off. And I was like, holy. You've been doing a lot. I mean, that's why I'm talking to you tonight, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely been all over um, yeah. since COVID started. <laughs> yeah. For sure, yeah. Um, I guess, like, you know, just to kind of introduce you a little bit, um, how would you describe your personal style as an artist? And does that change depending on the medium? Uh, okay, so definitely, like, a very loaded question because I yeah. just kind of came out the other side of a bit of a style crisis. So mm. I think when I started, I was just kind of making whatever. I didn't know what style was. I was just like, oh, look at this thing. I'm going to try to make it, then make it my own. Um, so I started with that. And then everyone was like into like the Hawaii style. So I was like, oh, let's try this. But I don't think that really fit for me either. Um, and now, like, I don't even know how to describe my style. Like, I, I just want things to almost come off as being like, I don't know, like, cozy-esque, um, if that even makes sense. So I've been using, like, a lot of, like, uh, like dry brushes, like, neutrals with, like, pops of, like, green and orange, trying to keep, like, some earth tone colors, um, and just kind of tone things down, um, and almost create, like, a comfortable-looking environment in, in my website by theming things around that color palette. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think, um, what do you think inspires those kind of like warm feelings? Like what do you want, uh, what do you want customers to feel or customers to take away from that? I think the biggest thing is that sometimes when your art is like really loud, mm -hmm. um, just with the way that like, I feel like just personal style and home decor is these days. Like when I put art in my home, I don't want it to be super loud. And so I think like I want to design things that I could, for example, even if it's a stick or something that I could just take and put on my wall and it wouldn't be distracting to the eye. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who, you know, something where you look at it and it's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Who would you say are your biggest like artistic influences? Um, so I actually made uh, some really great friends through the small biz community. Mm. Um, 
literally everyone knows that like my freaking artist small biz soulmate is joe from jolly pop studios mm-hmm. and if she's listening to this she's gonna start laughing um her ass off because <laughs> i've literally been telling her that i'm like obsessed with her art for like the last year like and she's come a long way too and i think she's definitely helped me figure out um my own personal style in a way Mm-hmm. but she's definitely like my like my top like number one person uh, who even inspired me to start my small biz in the first place beautiful yeah uh when did you start uh well i know that you've been i mean you've been drawing ever since we knew each other which you know we've known each other since early elementary school well, actually, no, it was more late elementary school. It was more like grade seven. I think, right? like, yeah, like grade seven. Yeah, so late elementary. Um, but, you know, you've always been drawing. Do you remember, like, when that started? Literally, like, the second I could pick up a pencil, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Um, I remember, like, some of my, like, most vivid memories are, like, just, like, when we would draw in, like, grade one. Like, just always doing art classes, art contests, um, even just doing that kind of stuff with my mom, like, just all the time. It was always just art. Um, and I kind of put down all of that when I picked up the trombone mm-hmm. because it was something at the time that I enjoyed more. Um, and I felt like I didn't really have time for both, to be honest. Sure. Mm-hmm. When did you pick up the trombone? Uh, that was like in ninth grade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was uh, that was because of like a music class or something, right? Yeah, so I saw this trombone ensemble at my high school called Tuberama, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever because they were like playing like Black Sabbath covers on trombone, and I was like, "That's so sick! Mm-hmm. I want to play trombone." And then I just picked it up, and I was like, "Oh, this is pretty cool." Yeah, yeah. Can't go back now. Oh yeah, and it's been a while. And then you went to uh, Brock for music. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, how was that experience? Um. There's, there's like a lot of pros and cons to it. I was literally talking to someone about this the other day. I think in the end, I'm very thankful that I went to music school because it taught me how to get what I want and how to be my own boss. And it taught me that like, if you want something, you can get it. You just have to do it yourself. You can't just wait for someone else to hand you something or it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, that's like the biggest lesson that I learned. But at the same time, I wish that I took a jazz program, but with my classical instructor if possible because mm. who taught me like I think a lot of it is just about who you're taking your lessons with because my lessons instructor was like the perfect fit for me like everything that I learned I don't like I don't think I would ever trade that for anything mm-hmm. um but sometimes I wonder where I would have ended up if I took a jazz or contemporary program but at the end of the day I'm still very happy um because I have such an appreciation for classical music and it's always going to be a part of like who I am. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're mainly going to be focusing on your visual art, um, in this episode, but, um, you know, just to plug a little bit of your music right now, I mean, you're playing for a pretty big band from St. Catharines. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I really do. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, I, um, have just started playing with Mice on the Hurricane and like let me tell you this is a dream come true it's been like a long time coming dream of mine and I, mm-hmm. I literally cannot believe even now I'll be listening to their music in the car and thinking like holy shit I'm gonna be doing this like 
there are three shows in October where I will be playing this music with this group that I have been like so painfully obsessed with for years. Like it's just insane to think that. Like it's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like I'm so happy they're involved with them now. Like I'm I'm very proud of you. Yeah, it's so exciting. And mm-hmm. I, I thought it was even funnier when I mentioned it to your mom, and she was like, oh, "My son, the hurricane. <laughs> I love my son, the hurricane." That was like, <laughs> she's also a big fan. And, yeah, yeah, that like literally made my day. That was so funny. Yeah, yeah, uh, we're both very proud of you. Ah, uh, so mm-hmm. sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember the first sort of like medium of art that you became kind of obsessed with? Um. I think it was just drawing, like just black mm. and white, like just mm-hmm. literally just taking my pencil and drawing on like some shitty piece of printer paper, whatever I could find, and then just drawing. And then I'd start coloring, I hate it. And then I would just start drawing again. Yep. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I remember that Alyssa very clearly. <laughs> the coloring, it was always, I always went too thick on the eyes when I colored and it ruined the whole thing. And mm-hmm. I always get so upset about it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that like, just like pencil and paper is where I started. I don't know if I'd ever go back to pencil and paper. I, I really don't think I ever could now that I've started digital art and it's so much easier. Um, plus, the whole side of your hand doesn't get covered in freaking ink. So that's kind of nice. Very true. Do you, remember, <laughs> do you remember like what you were drawing back then? Just animals. Mm-hmm. Literally, like just animals. I had zero interest in drawing humans. Mm-hmm. To this day, sometimes I wish I could. But at the end of the day, like, I'm still happy just drawing, like, Benji and Juniper and, like, making, like, things, you know? Yeah, for sure, yeah. Um, do you remember, when did you start, like, branching out into, like, uh, digital art? When did that start? Um, I'm trying to think. So, once again, that actually all started um, when I made my first ever purchase from Joe uh, at Jolly Pop Studios, mm-hmm. Plug Plug. Um, <laughs> I remember I bought like a bunch of stickers from her. I went to her YouTube channel and stalked and I was like, how does she make these? Like making stickers looks like such a cool thing. And then I saw how she did it. I was like, oh, I kind of want to try that out. And so I started on like Adobe Illustrator, which by the way, it was incredibly difficult to kind of start out with. Um, Just because you can't, you can't have the control, like the precision control that you want from like using like a pencil versus using a mouse, right? Um, like that's basically how I kind of got into it. I was just like, oh, that looks cool. I should try it. I'm not doing anything else right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's try this out, right? Mm-hmm. So it started as a bit of a hobby for you then? Basically, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I was doing it for me. I was like, oh, like, I want more stickers. I could literally make my own stickers. And then all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I could sell these. How cute would it be to like have a little shop? Or, like, to be an old lady that has, like, a little shop one day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, do you remember the first time that someone said you were talented at art? Um, honestly, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, maybe, like, I'm trying to remember. I entered, like, this thing called the Raptors Art Contest in first grade. And I remember, like, I remember that I won. Um, first place in that and I (laughs) think that might have been like the first time where like I was like oh maybe I really am good at something Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or like not something that makes me sound like I was like a teenager but you know what I mean yeah yeah but I wasn't good at like math or science or English but 
I was good at drawing. I mean, literally grade one, like that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, when was the first time you started looking at art as something more than a hobby? Um, definitely when I started Benji's Market. Mm-hmm. Like when I realized the exponential growth um, of my business, even now, like the fact that I get like even getting any kind of notification from any of my Benji's Market socials, like it's still a big thing because we're still like, you know, in our smaller stages right now, but it's still like a big event. It's like, wow, someone found me and liked this today or like someone found me and messaged me today. It's like, I don't know. It's kind of cool, but mm-hmm. I think this is like the first time where I'm like, oh, like this could be more than just a hobby, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how did your friends and peers react to you starting Benji? I think uh, it was. It, it's definitely like this reminds me of all the Facebook memes I see where it's like when you first start a business, it's like, OK cool and then after it's like are you sure like get a real job and then after that once they see that you're bringing in large amounts of money it's like oh good for you and now it's like how's your business going like can I commission you to do this like Mm -hmm. just stuff like that you know what I mean but at first like the response was very like flatlining it was just like okay cool Mm -hmm. yeah because I guess I kind of figure it's you know it's a hobby for you right now and you're going to give it up in a few months Right. That's the thing, because a lot of businesses, especially during COVID, they started and then they stopped and they started with like a new thing and then they stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just, yeah, it was definitely like a very flat response. But now that like people can see that I'm like, you know, growing exponentially, like getting commissions, making more. It's like it's always like, oh, how's Benji's going? Like, what are you planning next? What are you going to do for Christmas? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, 1000 percent. Yeah. So when did you officially open Benji's Market? I think November of last year. Yeah. So it's almost been a year. Wow. Look at that. Yeah. Right. Mm. How did you look uh, at us both go? Yeah, exactly. Look at us. Um, <laughs> just two creatives thriving. I mean, come on. I know. Right. <laughs> um, when did you like discover the idea for Benji's Market? Um, I'm trying to remember like, okay. So I remember that literally both Nick and I, we were like, wow we're broke as heck we have a cat it would be nice to start a business but we don't want to name it like after ourselves we should name it after our cat because it started off as us literally just like flipping things um but now it's more so just like something that I do by myself you know what I mean yeah like we were just like we were doing a lot of like flipping like sometimes you would find something on the side of the road we would drive by would be like oh my god that's so cute and then we'd pick it up and then we would just like clean it up sometimes refinish it do something to it and then just like resell it yeah. and that was basically like our date night spending money fund kind of thing you know what I mean yeah yeah I started making stickers putting those in the shop and then Nick kind of lost interest got busy with work and I was like oh I mean we already have like 200 followers like let's try to make something else out of this mm-hmm mm-hmm do you look to uh, any specific artists for, like, inspiration? Uh, there are definitely a few. I don't know if there are any that are, like, super consistent that I'm constantly like, yeah, I really like this, then I really like this, now I really like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more so all over the place with, like, inspiration. Like, when I see something that I think is really cool, I'll save it, and then I'll, like, come visit it later and be like, okay, like, what do I want to do that 
like, like why, why did this get my attention? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What items? So, you know, I went over the items that you sell typically in Benji's a little bit earlier. Right. Um, but what, what, what are your sort of your, your main sellers and what do you currently have on rotation? Um, honestly, I took a lot of things out of my shop. Um, and I've been trying to reduce the collection a little bit. And I'll tell you why. Um, I had some things manufactured by, um, just by like, I'm trying to, I don't even remember what company it was, but I had a bunch of stuff like manufactured that I outsourced. Mm -hmm. And like at the end of the day, you never know if manufactured stuff will be up to the quality that you want it to be. Yeah. And like, you never know, like, is it going to come? Like I was surprised because I was like, okay, so I can buy this stuff for let's say $5 a piece. For example, I got it all in the mail and I was like, okay, I'm ready to price this. But then like two weeks later, they were like, oh, by the way, you owe us like another $50. And I was like, what? Mm -hmm. okay like I already paid for this but point being it's just like dealing with manufacturers and manufactured products can sometimes be like so time consuming and I understand now why people want to use a kickstarter before they manufacture something is just because it makes sense mm -hmm. um it's easier to hand make like one thing at home put it up see if people like it and if they don't like it you just don't make more mm -hmm. whereas if you get something manufactured you get stuck with it for a long time but like going back to the main point of all of this right now, I'm trying to focus mainly on scrunchies because I never noticed until trying some other scrunchies. It like, I really like the way that mine just are. Mm -hmm. um, they just like, I like, I didn't realize until I started using scrunchies that I didn't make. And I was like, wow, like the amount of material and the stretch on mine, like I really like, um, and I like the way they fit so comfortably around my wrist because Typically, when I have something on my wrist, I feel very, like, almost, like, squashed. Like, it feels like someone t is, like, gripping my wrist with their hand. Mm -hmm. But when I, like, wear my own scrunchies, I don't usually feel that. Mm -hmm. Well, I have a few, so I can attest that they're actually really, really, really nice. Oh, so sweet. Mm -hmm. It took me a second to, like, process what you were saying. I was like, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> it's just, I don't know. Like, someone pointed out to me, and I was like, you know what? Like... You're right. Like, these do feel pretty good. <laughs> mm -hmm. They're super nice. Everybody should go check them out. Um, oh, yay. Yeah. Do you remember your first customer order? My first customer order? Yes. Oh, my God. I remember it vividly. Mm -hmm. I got an email saying that I got an order. And I remember being like, oh, my God, I have an order. And I sent it out to Alberta. They bought one sticker. And I remember, like, I put so much effort into my packaging. And now it's like my packaging is, like, a lot less effortless, but it's more, like, elegant. You know, it's pretty mm -hmm. looking. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like, just thinking of the process back then as opposed to now is, like, holy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what has changed in that? Literally everything. So I used to wrap things in like a layer of like plastic something mm -hmm. because I was worried about it getting damaged in the mail or like getting waterlogged. But then I figured like the, the chance of something getting waterlogged is so small that I don't need to wrap everything in freaking plastic. Um, so I started using like different things for packaging, especially because like now with TikTok and being on small biz TikTok, you see all these different ideas. You want to try them out for yourself, but obviously make them your own. And like my packaging has evolved a lot since then. Like I've experimented with using um, like customizable vellum paper, tags with like ribbon and stuff. 
um, wax sealing. Like there are so many different things that I've tried. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, what is your, what is your finalized wrapping process look like? Um, so I've started making like, so I have like this vellum paper and every season I like to do a different pattern. Um, that's like cohesive to Benji's market on it. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'll make it into like a little envelope. It depends on what you buy though. Cause sometimes like things like scrunchies have to be wrapped in tissue paper. Cause it'll right. be like too big to fit in this envelope. Yeah. Um, but for flat things, I really like using the vellum envelopes and then like closing them with like a sticker or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then usually I try to wax seal something. It depends on what it is. If the wax seal is going to like really hold something together, I'll use it. Right. Um, otherwise, like if a sticker will do, I'll just use a sticker. It just depends on whether or not I feel like wax sealing. Yeah. Um, do you have like one of those- like, like, is it like one of those old English sort of like wax seals? Like it's like burning as you're putting it on or how do you do that? Uh, basically, yeah. Like um, yeah. I have like this little spoon and you have to like put it in this holder. Um, you have to like light up a candle and it'll melt down your wax for you. And then you like pour it on. Uh-huh. And then I have like a custom Benji stamp. Yeah, um, yeah. And then you like push it on. And it like makes like the little wax seal. It's super cute because you can peel it off and save it too. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Um, do you remember when your store began to attract a following? I think, I think around Christmas time, Mm -hmm. it's always so busy around Christmas, but then once you make friends and you start plugging all of your friends, your friends like will plug you back and then you share each other's communities. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of my people who like a lot of my, my customers are my friends customers and vice versa. Very true. Very true. So just to give like a little bit of insight into like, what running a small business like yours takes, what it costs, um, you know, everything like that. Um, how much do you spend to make Benji's Market items maybe like per week or per month? Or uh, do you want to go over that a little bit? Yeah. So I actually have a whole process on bookkeeping. So mm-hmm. if there are any small biz owners that are listening uh, to this podcast, definitely check out my Patreon because I have a series actually that's called Small Business Stories. Mm-hmm. Every month I post like two to three episodes. Um, they're basically just like these little written posts and it discusses all of these different things. But more specifically for finances, we will go into that now regardless. Mm-hmm. Um it's like I used to spend so much money on Benji's market. I used to see something and be like, that's perfect. I need that. Like, I have to get that so I can make this thing. But now, like, it, I, I've been trying my best to just think logically and be like, okay, do I really want to make this or do I want to make this because it's trending? You know, like, mm-hmm. is this something that I'm going to enjoy making in the future or am I just wanting to make this? because I think people will buy it. Like, mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing is if you're going to go and spend money on something, make sure that it's something that you will actually want to make. Um, and not something where you're like, you know, you're dreading making it right. Like I used to dread making, um, like barrettes because I needed Nick's help to do that because he was better at resin work than me. So every time I got an order, we would both like scramble trying to figure this whole thing out. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I easily spend like a few hundred dollars a month. Now not as much. I just kind of buy things as I need them. So maybe I spend like I don't 
know, maybe like a hundred bucks a month between my shipping. Like it is the slow season, but between like my shipping, like needing to buy new things when I'm not in like product launch mode, maybe 50 to a hundred bucks a month. Well, that's pretty good. I mean, yeah, it is a slow season though. It's a very slow season. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Is fall typically slow? Uh, it's iffy. So typically things apparently pick up during Christmas time, mm-hmm. but I don't know if last year was like a fluke and everyone was buying because you couldn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so like a couple of my friends and I were all just kind of hoping that this year goes better because like, I know like a good handful of my friends haven't gotten a single order since like midsummer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's, it's hard to to get traction when you don't see that traction it's hard to kind of keep advertising because yeah. um, it kills your motivation a little bit right yeah yeah um but like yeah like when it gets busier like i don't easily spend like 100 200 in shipping plus like stuff for supplies like i buy a very expensive sticker paper which is why my stickers are on the pricier side but like like they last you can peel them off and reposition them they'll last but like the shipping alone on the sticker paper is like sixty to eighty dollars. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> so like, she's pricey, but mm-hmm. that's why I'm just like, okay, like let's cut down on our spending. Mm-hmm. That way, we're kind of able to break even each month. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's that's a good plan. Yeah, yeah. just because I don't want to go into debt, or no, well, I don't mind idea. going into like a little bit of debt for my business, but <laughs> I don't want to go into a ridiculous amount of debt when I don't know what's going on, yeah. especially like during a time where you know the world could shut down at any given moment in time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I could be working this week. I don't know if I'm going to be working next week. Right? Yeah. Just with the way that things are going with COVID. Yeah, for sure. Um. So uh, for those out there who aren't really familiar with the platform, you sell exclusively on Etsy and then also through your website, Um, but you don't use platforms like Redbubble or like Society6. How does Etsy work? How much creative control do you have? What percentage of orders does the website take? And how has it worked for you so far? Um, so Etsy's great and all, like, don't get me wrong. It's just like, it's hard to put yourself into their search algorithm. Um, a lot of people will spend money on ads and typically get more traction than those of us who don't. It's, it's just really difficult to get sales, um, on well it's not exactly difficult i just personally find it difficult to get sales through etsy because most of my buyers right now are people that i know the issue that i personally struggle with is reaching brand new people and i think that etsy is good for that but you need to figure out like how to put yourself into their algorithm efficiently which is like Honestly, it is rocket science to me, but like in terms of orders, like the reason that I started my own website was just because I want to transition eventually from Etsy to my site Mm -hmm. and like it, like it doesn't cost as much through Mm -hmm. my site as it does through Etsy. Like at the end of the week, you can make five orders on Etsy and they take like a few bucks from you. Like on your website, they maybe take a buck. Mm -hmm. Um. 
but but like it depends i don't know like etsy just i find they just take so many fees there's like a fee for each listing that you have um which by the way you don't have a ton of creative control um okay everything's just kind of standardized but like on a website you can choose like how to view your products like where you want them all of that right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so platforms like redbubble and uh society six have their kind of ups and downs uh unlike etsy redbubble and society six make the products themselves but each artist uploads the art so i'm sure you already know this but a bunch of people out there might not know how they work um so you can get like art prints water bottles coasters stationery, stickers phone cases clocks duvet covers t-shirts masks bath mats pillows a million different things um so and those things are standardized for those websites they're mass produced uh, and then the artist or the person with the account that you're buying from their art then goes on top of those um which you know that can be an upside and a downside depending on how you view it um you know they depending on you know the time that you have um the extra money that goes into creating everything you know it depends on the artist um then uh they also have you know much much less like personable connection or like customer communication so on something like etsy or a personal website you would be talking to your customers yourself you know you would be able to have sort of an open dialogue with them we're on websites like redbubble society six you don't have that um you're only talking to a representative of that company um so you know that again has the upsides and downsides however you view it um and now if we want to talk about numbers um a redbubble designer which is the artist creating that art will make between 10 to 30 percent of the purchase price where society six designers make only a flat 10 percent of the purchase price um is so you know Liz, is there a reason why you don't use these platforms and do you think they're worth it um, the reason that I don't use multiple platforms is just because it's too much to keep up with right now for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally just don't have the time. Even now, I feel myself slipping a lot um, because I'm working full time alongside everything else that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I feel that I'm slipping up a lot on a lot of little things. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I just I like being my own like face behind the business. I like that when people have an issue on Etsy on my site that I can work with them and it's not just some representative that, you know, potentially makes them think that it's like the artist's fault or, or problem. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, between that and then the whole like issue that is had with uh, manufactured products, I just prefer to do everything myself. For sure. It just seems like it's like, I guess safer isn't like the, like the, the better word to use, but it just, it gives me a sense of security because I trust myself with my shop and my products more than I would trust a third party, especially one that I, I don't know all that well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you think these platforms could change or do more of that would entice you to work with them? Uh, like Redbubble Society 6? Yeah. I think, like, I don't know. To tell you the truth, like, I guess that shows how much I've ordered from them. I've definitely ordered a couple times from Society6. I really like their zipper pouches and their tapestries. Um, Their pillowcases and things like that, not as much. Um, 
honestly, it didn't give me enough of a connection to the artist. Like I literally just saw something, went, hey, that's cute, slapped it on a product and then ordered it. I don't mm-hmm. know who the hell made it. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it came from. Yeah. Like it's like, hey, what's that? Where'd you get that? I got it from Society Six. Once again, bigger yeah. kind of company, right? Yeah. It's not like, for example, like one of my friends out in Edmonton, she makes like masks and scrunchies. I ordered some masks from her. Every time someone says, Hey, I'm gonna make your mask, where'd you get that? I'm like, Oh, thanks. I have a friend in Alberta who I ordered it from. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's yeah. so much more personal than, yeah, yeah, I got it on Redbubble. Right. Yeah, exactly. You can actually have somebody that you can plug that you can reference to an account name you can go you know go support them whereas red bull society six it's you plugging their company exactly because i'd rather give for example i'd rather be like here's twenty dollars to my friend than be like here's ten dollars to you know just a a larger company Mm -hmm. and you know uh you mentioned that you know etsy has a good amount of fees i don't know exactly the math behind that and what that adds up to um, but does Society Six and Redbubble, it seems like they pay a lot less. Is that true? Like between ten and thirty percent? Um, like the like the, the artist gets ten to thirty percent of what they like. Of the original purchase, yeah. So um oh, geez. yeah. So Society Six Editing me, hey, uh that is Redbubble that pays between ten and thirty percent. I fucked that up, guys. Sorry. Is between ten and thirty percent. That's what the artist gets. Oh, That's what the God, designer okay. gets. Society well, six, you, definitely, you get flat ten percent. Ah, yeah. okay. Um, you definitely get more on Etsy. Mm-hmm. It's just annoying when you when you make, let's say, a fifty dollar order, and then Etsy takes like, I don't know, like it's it's not even like a problem that Etsy takes. Let's say. I don't know, like five to eight dollars. Mm. The bigger problem with, with this whole thing is that for every individual item, they charge you like 20 to 30 cents US. Um, and then they take off another thing for like a transaction fee and a shipping fee. And like, let's say you're a shop that makes like a few hundred sales a month. By the end of the month, you could be spending like upwards of $300 on Etsy fees. Mm-hmm. Guys on your website, you could be spending maybe a hundred bucks on fees, fifty dollars for your website renewal, and then you're done. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, and like Etsy is, it's great to start. It's just that, like, just between that, like, like I said, it, it's not a big deal if they take the money. It's more of a bigger deal that they charge you such small increments for everything you do. It's like you look at it, and it's like breathing our air, mm-hmm. using our website drinking water that's mm-hmm. ours too you know what i mean mm-hmm. like <laughs> yeah yeah so you that's definitely what it feels like yeah yeah so you would definitely anyone who's looking to purchase from you and anyone who's interested you would definitely say you know you'd prefer them to go to your website then definitely yeah because mm-hmm. then they can also like they can have a more um, personal experience because there are so many different things on my website mm-hmm. um that you can interact with whereas on etsy it's like you really have to dig to find out more about the artist Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for sure so you recently created your website for benji's market uh using squarespace i believe yeah yeah how was that process and uh what do you find are the pros and cons of that website building platform i loved it i I don't think i can say anything bad about it to be Mm -hmm. honest um 
Everything about it was great. It was so easy to use. Uh, would recommend. A lot of people use Shopify. I definitely like, I don't even know if I tried out Shopify. I just remember my friend saying that it was really difficult to use. And I was like, okay, hey, if you can't figure it out, chances are that I won't be able to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I use Squarespace is because you don't have to do any coding mm-hmm. um, unless you really want to. But like, it's easier to use than anything else that I've ever tried using before. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever tried Wix before? Um, I feel like I've tried it once, like a really long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't remember. I, I'm pretty sure I was trying to create a, a website, like for my band back in the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's all I remember with Wix. Yeah, yeah. I use Wix, and you know, it, it's it's all right. It's all right. I, you know, it's it's usable. Um, I've right. heard that Squarespace is better. But I kind of committed to Wix, so I feel like I'm stuck now. But <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Well, if you ever want to move, let me know. I don't mind helping. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Um, what do you feel has been your biggest gain from starting your business? Um, honestly, it's been a confidence boost. That's the biggest thing. It's helped me cool. grow like a tougher skin and just like boost my confidence overall. Also, the friendships that I've gained from having a small business, like I can't even begin to tell you that complete strangers that I have met on the internet have been here for me when sometimes like other people haven't been. And like, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that's, it's, it's incredibly like whole, like, yeah, I, I don't, I genuinely don't know what to say. Like, I cannot believe that I've made such quality friends like on the internet. I never thought that I would, that I would do that. Um, or be the type of person you trust that I can make friendships that are like that good, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Internet friends can be really great. Yeah, like it's yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, my uh, so you mentioned to me a couple days ago that you've either been yeah. like currently or just recently experiencing burnout. Um, can you describe that? Yeah. Can you describe that a bit for me and what you think like caused that? Yeah. I have a really bad habit of biting off a lot more than I can chew. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of people know that about me and it's really bad. Um, I just think that I have all this time and all of this energy to do things when truly in my head, I'm like, why did you say that? When are you going to have time to do that? What are you going to do? Oh my God. Like, why are you doing this? But like, at the same time, like, yeah, new project, like, this is going to be so exciting. Um, and I think that, like, when I realize that I don't have time is when I sit there and start to, like, burn out. Or, like, let's say I try something, it doesn't work, I start burning out. Um, I spend the day doing something recreational instead of working, and it's like, boom, immediate burnout. Mm-hmm. It's not even from, like, oh, just not seeing results sometimes as well can cause burnout. Like, it's just, I feel like I'm always burnt out lately and I don't know if it's because I'm overworked underworked like I don't know what's going on yeah yeah um I feel like I'm kind of this is like very deja vu because my last episode was with uh Robin Lightwalker who's also a multidisciplinary artist here in Hamilton and she does mainly like oil paintings and stuff um and that whole episode was about artist burnout basically um so I feel like I'm asking some of the same questions here but you know, it, it obviously I'm seeing a pattern and it keeps happening. <laughs> um, yeah, honestly. Yeah. Do you think that like people pleasing is a quality often found in creative types? Yes. Yes. Because mm-hmm. when you start, nobody like, here's the thing. The way that we all learn is 
someone tells you how to do something and you say, do I do it like this? Is this like, it, it's almost like you're absentmindedly saying, is this the correct way to do something? Does this make you happy? You know, mm-hmm. am I pleasing you with this? And it's like, especially with like learning an instrument, when you're trying something out, it's like, is this the correct way? Like, does this sound good? You know, and you're like, you don't want to hear no. But when you do hear no, you're like, oh. And when you keep hearing no, and then you work your ass off and still hear no, it's like, oh, shit, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, why, I, I, why do you think that is um, with, like, creative people and artsy people in general? I just think, yeah. No, I still think that it goes back to, like, when we were taught how to do something. Mm-hmm. We're almost kind of doing it to get a satisfactory response from whoever's teaching us how to do it. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. when you say like, Hey, do you like my artwork? Like you really want that person to say, yes. I think as humans, we just, we all want to be accepted. We all want to feel acceptance in some way or another. And for creative types, I think it's through their creative output that they want to feel that acceptance. You know what I mean? Yeah. What do you think that says about like the general self-worth or like confidence of creatives? And that's so tough because sometimes I feel like like you need an odd person who like can provide that for themselves. But it takes a while. Like it takes a lot of people saying, Yeah, like you really are good before you can provide that feeling for yourself. Or at least it did for me. Like it took me a lot of people to say, Hey, you're good at your instrument before I truly believed it. Yeah. Yeah. Um and even with my art, it's like, it's the same thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that says, you know, a lot about the industry that we're involved in. Uh, that, Definitely. Like, creatives, that artists, that musicians feel the need to be, like, constantly, like, on the edge of collapsing just to make do. Yeah. Yeah. Right? What do you think could be, like, improved or added to make that easier on us? Honestly, I think that we just all need to accept each other. Like, it's really hard to do, especially like, you know, sometimes if you don't like something, instead of just being like, I don't like that, just being like, it's not my taste, but I'm happy for you. Or just like, I don't know, it's it's hard because a lot of people are so competitive in, in this industry because there are only so many spots for us, right? Mm-hmm. But like, instead of competing against each other, I think we all need to compete like together against the problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Be more like community focused. Yeah, just hype each other up, right? Because mm-hmm. why would you want to, I don't know, push someone else off the cliff for your own success? I mean, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people do it, mm-hmm. but, like, it, like it's true. Like, when you're the only one that's successful and no one else is, you're really going to be alone up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, can you think of a time that you had to turn down a project or an opportunity even though you really wanted to do it? Um... Honestly, I don't think so because I have that issue where yeah. I'm like, I have to do this no matter what. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So kind of on the flip side of that, can you tell me about a time that you turned down a project, maybe a commission um, because you really didn't want to do it? Is there any sort of like commission or request that you refuse to do? 
Yes. So, okay. I've had commission requests that I've refused to do. Um, I mean, obviously, because this is a public thing, I don't want to go into too much depth about that. Yeah. But sometimes, like, when someone says, can you do this? or the, it's, it's about the tone for me. If you want me to do something, but you're not willing to give me the tools I need, then it might not be worth my time. And it's the same thing with music, where it's like, if it's an ensemble where I'm not going to get anything out of it, then it's like, I don't think I can do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I need something be, that's going to challenge me, right? Yeah, and also have to be treated with respect and know that this is something that you're going to gain from. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Um, in what ways do you think you can improve your relationship to creating art so that you're not burning out constantly in the future? Honestly, I have been thinking about that a lot lately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, you know what, I actually, it's funny that you ask because I just wrote like a little blurb on this last night on my Patreon. And it's like, I think that just planning everything out in advance could just really help surrounding yourself with, like with just positive things or making your, like your workspace, like a positive area. Um, just somewhere where you feel comfortable, where you feel like you can actually get things done, like just even adjusting something like the lighting or the temperature, whatever it is that you need to just make it feel like you're going to do something productive. Mm -hmm. Um, But otherwise, like I, I honestly, I really haven't figured that out entirely yet. Like I'm still trying to, yeah, I'm still trying to get there myself, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, um, what collaboration or like major project or sort of like area of art or maybe like a new thing for Benji's Market would you like to get involved with in the future? Like what? Um, um, yeah. I do want to do more with other people. Like I don't know yeah. what or who yet, yeah. but I want to do more projects with other people because it's a lot of fun when you're mm-hmm. working on something with someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I definitely miss that, especially like when you're working independently, it's like, you kind of miss like that team situation sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. But it would be cool to like launch like some crossover lines. I have even thought about like rebranding all of my scrunchies and like naming them after my friends and basing them off really? their personalities. You know what I mean? Aww. But I That's don't so know. Sweet. Yeah. That'd be super cute. Yeah. Um, and what can we look forward to seeing from you? Uh, you know, that's a good question. Definitely mm-hmm. a lot because I'm mm-hmm. always going to be doing something, awesome. but, um, I, I'm going to be doing some Christmas cards for my shop. Um, I'm going to do like between that, like just making like some like cozy, like macrame Christmas ornaments. I'm going to try making some coasters. I ordered a bunch of macrame, so we're going to see where that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, because I personally love macrame, and I was like, why don't I just make stuff out of it? Mm-hmm. Um, but just between that, like, I'm trying to go pretty big for Christmas this year and make, like, a lot of really cute things. I've released a calendar a couple of months ago, and so every season I've been releasing a collection of, like, reminder stickers to go with that. Yeah. Because um, it's, like, just part of the whole, like, plan your heat so you didn't do it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I'm going to be starting like a little like blog thing on Benji's market to help my community get to know me better and have something to look forward to. Yeah. Um, and also just to increase traffic to my website. Well, beautiful. I'm so excited for that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, you know, thank you so much for talking with me, Liz. This is great. And, you know, I always love talking to you and I miss you and very nice to hear from you. Oh, I miss you. Yeah, anytime. This was fun. Yeah. Uh, So everybody listening, you can find Alyssa Shanghavi here on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Etsy, and her website under Benji's Market on Twitch as Dr. Trombone, Dr. is D-R, or her personal accounts on most socials under Liz Shanghavi or Alyssa Shanghavi. Well, yeah, thanks so much for uh, for talking with me again. And uh, yeah, it was so lovely to hear from you. And uh, everyone should go check Alyssa out. Uh, do you have anything to say to everyone before we leave here? Um, honestly, just thanks for listening, friends. Um, thanks for getting to know me. And make sure to continue listening to Sarah's podcast. She busts her ass every single day to make her own little creative dreams come true. Um, so you should definitely go and follow her on everything listen to her podcasts read all of her blog posts just go do it all (laughs) well thank you for the plug um yeah have a great day guys and uh talk to you later bye